It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Nile Nine Podcast. On this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about albums of the year so far in 2019. I'm Niall and I'm joined by Andrea Cleary. Hello. How are we doing? Good. Good. Uh, yeah, so as I said, it's albums uh, time for us. I think for this year so far, there's been a lot of albums released. I'm finding the sheer volume of, of releases this year hard to process and there's a lot of albums I'm interested in, there's a lot of albums I've been recommended. We have been working on another nine here on a uh, like favorite 30s album, 30 favorite albums list of the year so far between myself and Luke and Kelly here and uh, it's been interesting because I feel like there's a lot of big albums, a lot of small albums a lot of undiscovered gems a lot of uh, ones i haven't really listened to there's ones i like that i haven't given more than two or three listens mm. um so i actually feel like the ch- half year check-in is even more necessary than it ever was for me it doesn't feel like something i'm trying to just do we're trying to do for like content reasons you know it actually, actually really helps me process what's I, been going on this year i definitely agree because i'm finding that not only are there smaller albums I haven't gotten around to. There are big albums that I haven't really given. Maybe I've given them one listen or maybe I haven't even gotten around to them at all. So it's good six months into the year to just kind of take stock and then you can move forward and start adding new things to your playlist. And and that's it. What I love about this doing this process is that you get uh, recommendations so i've mm. like been listening to a lot of stuff in the last week i basically made a big long spotify playlist from everybody else's lists of albums that they mm. recommended and i'm just going through them mm-hmm. i'm nearly through it all but there's a few that have stood out to me as well which i'm definitely gonna 
be listening to over the next six months. So that's kind of like cool. I got, I've got pointers. I've got re, like ways into these albums that I'd never heard before. Number yeah. one, maybe number two, I was like, oh, I need to go back and listen to those. So there's been a lot of those for me this year. Mm. Um, I would say, well, first, before we go into that, maybe we'll just talk about some of the bigger releases of the year so far. I guess the biggest, would it be fair to say the biggest pop album of the year so far is Billie Eilish's uh, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Is that, that would I think be the so. biggest album of the year in terms of um, impact for pop music and overall, like um Kelly here in the office remarked yesterday that like she just looked at her um, Spotify top tracks and it's like I've never seen so many millions of plays on every track Mm -hmm. you know it is unusual um she's massively popular and um we're both fans of the album right yeah um yeah I think that album it's again good to take stock now because the album's been out for a few months now but it has impacted pop music in so many different ways even in maybe a kind of a new aesthetic that it's moving towards a more relaxed approach to aesthetics and more about the music kind of thing. The album, I, th- I, I listened to it again the other day for a first time in a little while, but I found, I find that when, when I'm going back over my playlists, there are two or three songs on it that I'm always referring back to. Like I'm still listening to the title track yeah like once a week or something I still think it it holds up so so well and it will continue to do so I think that she can she can tour this album and and rest on this album for a while now um because she's she's just done so much with it and it's also it's a debut which is another reason why it's so we we haven't had a lot of debut albums that have really broken through this year and that's it really That's it the did biggest send one. her into a, a greater level of uh, popularity. Oh, she's massive now. She's yeah. huge. Like she was already massive. Yeah. But this just cemented it in but a But she real was ma- she was massive in that kind of undergroundy pitchfork if you know you know way. Whereas now like people who are listening to who people who are getting all their music just from the radio know about her. You know, mm, she's yeah. she's definitely crossed over and she's not an artist that I would have expected to cross over that readily and that easily, but it was just seamless. Um, I think that's that's a really interesting kind of change in in aesthetics for for pop music now. Like before, her biggest girl in pop was Ariana Grande, you know, and now she's definitely given her a run f- for her money. And I mean, we'll probably talk about Lizzo at some stage as well. Like, there's there seems to be a more diversified approach to mm-hmm. femininity in pop that has really thrived this year that I'm all about. Yeah. Um, it's interesting with Billy Eilish because of the nature of the, how she makes music with her brother in the studio so far, other than last week, I think we can probably discount this. This is the bad guy remix with, uh, Justin Bieber on it. I haven't heard this. Okay. Well, you don't need to hear it to be honest. <laughs> it's not great. Um, but I, you know, it makes sense in her story why she's done a track with Justin Bieber because she was a big fan and she posted the track. It came out last Friday, posted okay. the track remix with like a picture of her in her bedroom when she was like 12 or 13 uh, in front of Justin Bieber's poster. That's, so it's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like yeah. teenage dream come true. That's why they did it. Like, is the song any good? 
No, like the the remix is it? No, just listen to the original. Like okay. you don't need a Justin Bieber. He just has uh, a verse on it. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. Okay. He did, oh. he sings something in 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 the hook in in the, with the melody. It's it's fine. Like the you, I won't be going back do, to do, 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 that part. Um, you, you you can hear it yourself. It's, okay, I'll listen. Yeah, it's I'm I don't need it. No one needs it. Okay, <laughs> Billie Eilish needed it though. But I guess what I'm getting at is that with somebody like Billie Eilish who is in her own lane, she certainly seems to be holding that and owning it as mm. well. And we were talking about this yesterday. You know, it, it, there's such a temptation when you're a big artist to like, oh, start you kind of maybe the label starts asking you to collaborate with so many different people. The Rosalia and, effect. Well, I was going to get to that. Yeah. Well. yeah, yeah. It's like her, like we talked about this before, but Rosalia in, a, in the space of less than a year has gone from, cool flamenco r&b singer to like massive pop star who's doing loads of different things all at once and mm. is releasing a track every four hours yeah um it, which all of them i love sure <laughs> look it's fine but no it is like why are you rushing towards this like where is this going so fast yeah and with an artist like Billie Eilish, when they are so uh, massive and then they're in that major label, major label system and they're collaborating and songwriting, then they're getting a bit diluted because, you know, somebody like Chance the Rapper, for example, gets like, he exists independently, but has collaborated with pretty much a lot of people, like yeah. a lot of people over the years. And he, it's, he is going to have an album out next Friday. Yeah. Chance. So I'm really interested to see what that happen, what that's going to be like, if he's going to be able to keep his own identity and like the way that Billie Eilish has on this one album here. Um, I mean, it, we're still in the same year that she released it, so it's hard to know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think she, so far she's done a really good job of that, just like being her own person. I think that's because she is her own personality and that comes through in the music as well. Um, I think it comes through mostly in, in the music, like her personality and her music are inseparable from each other. Yeah. I think that's where her her authenticity comes from because she's she's obviously... She's cool. You know, she's a cool artist. She's a cool girl. And that's, I don't, I, like, that's not that easy to do, you know, to be that cool. I sound like a million years old, but I'm like, if this is what the kids are liking, I'm, I'm pro this. <laughs> I'm this is, this is what I think they should be listening to. Yeah, for sure. I, I like the direction that she's, that she's like, dragging pop music kicking and screaming she's like no it it, it also belongs over here it belongs with yeah. like the the kids who love pop music but who also kind of feel like they're a bit of a freak or are into yeah. the more kind of gothy culture and i think she's just she's gotten that right on the money yeah. you know we we're also talking about billy eilish yesterday in the context of uh lord who may have mm. been feeling a bit um disappointed by by how basically i mean billy Eilish does sound very similar to her and does a lot of things that are very similar just it was i guess lord is a little bit before that time and was maybe marketed because maybe she's i don't really know what the difference is because like to me they're very similar artists like if if you were to take them both on their first release you could definitely say yeah like they they're, they're similar in, in what they're doing. Maybe not, you know, sonically, Billie Eilish is obviously a lot darker. Yeah. But in terms of Lord's debut's effect on, you know, pop music, there was definitely that disruption there. But then it, she, she just went a different direction with it. I don't dislike really where she went. It just, it became less and less for me. 
and it left a Billie Eilish shaped hole in the industry where she just slotted in very easily I think but yeah I think there's definitely comparisons to be made between the two of them I hope Billie Eilish sticks with the the stranger stuff though yeah and just gets weirder as her career goes on rather than doing what Lord did and you know coming out of Taylor Swift concerts and that kind of thing I'm yeah. like mm, I don't yeah. know I think that was maybe the thing with Lord she was certainly in that major label system and uh, and she was in that courted crew. by people in yeah exactly yeah. so that 1989 tour where swift would bring out like a different artist at every city and then like all hang out together and be on instagram together and yeah, i don't know i think how... that's the thing you like you can somebody like Billie Eilish certainly has her own personality yeah and that shines through no matter what so yeah. it never feels like she's being pushed or pulled no in any direction so far um so. i hope it stays that way yeah me too me too i hope i don't see her pictured with like weird older men in the industry i'm just <laughs> i'm so concerned about her and i just want her to be okay yeah. but yeah no she seems like she's got her head on her shoulders and she's made one of the best albums of the year so yes yeah, speaking of somebody else well definitely has their head on their shoulders and uh, a whole lot more uh, we're talking about lizzo lizzo uh, so i don't think we ever reviewed the album certainly did we we did we did yes why do i think we didn't i think because we talked about juice a lot over yeah and, we've been reviewing we this album for a long time really yeah yeah um i i'm surprised i'm i'm delighted but i'm also surprised by how much uh people have reacted to lizzo Certainly it feels like here with the fact that she was announced for an Olympia gig, mm. which was gone and a lot of talk about how those tickets were sold. Maybe oh, it's because Ticketmaster are snakes. 900 pre Spotify pre-sales apparently yeah. uh, the day before the release yeah. or Friday, but like two days before the actual uh, general tickets. Resale tickets sale. going back up as premium yeah. tickets. A lot of people saying that were, that was bots as well. I'm not sure um, how that works. They were obviously... There's a lot of legislation we've talked about before here about them trying to ban that stuff here. And but how can you ban it? Like no. how can you ban it? Um, I know it's 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 a different conversation that we can probably have a different time. But I I wish I could just go to the Olympia and say hi. I'd like one ticket to the Lizzo concert, please. Yeah. Uh, here's here's two euro for your restoration fee instead of one. You know. Yeah. <laughs> my my friend went to uh, a physical ticket master outlet last Friday and. Uh, it wasn't quite open yet, and uh, the woman behind the counter just opened the door and was like, "If you're here for Lizzo tickets, they're all gone." <laughs> yeah. And then just closed the door. Yeah. So you're like, "Hmm, yeah." They didn't even get any. <laughs> no, no. Do people still camp out? I wonder. Is that still a thing? I think I don't think there's any point in doing it. Yeah, uh, I think people did. I, when... I think the limited number of tickets. Especially for something like, uh, like where, the Olympia, where there's a demand. If there's a demand, yeah. there's no point in queuing because yeah. they're going to be gone online. Yeah, I think those tickets, physical ticket counters, are only for older gigs. People who don't probably aren't going to access the internet. Yeah. I think that's like how, a stadium how they gig work. or something. I don't know well. for sure. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It's very know. strange. Um, We've but, lost that though. I used to really like queuing up really early and getting my tickets and. Yeah. What was it? I, I once uh, stayed up all night outside Top 20 in Newbridge uh, to, to get uh, Oasis tickets, Aww. I think. Or maybe it was Slane tickets. Did you get them? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah there was only like 50 people. In there. <laughs> but like we stayed outside all night. Aww. Uh, it wasn't as fun as it sounds or no. doesn't sound fun, does it? Actually, does it? Uh, I mean, <laughs> if you're young and you can deal with the cold, it's fine. Yeah, like we weren't, There's something we weren't old enough it. to be drinking yet. Mm. I don't think. 
Mm. Don't think there's any shenanigans. It was just like a lot of hanging around. Just like really like Oasis, really want to go see them. <laughs> it's like when you go past uh, the academy every now and again now, and you'll see a whole load of young people queuing at 4 p.m. Oh, yeah. in the daytime, and you're like, what are they queuing yeah. for? I need to know what, I know. They, what they're queuing and for. And it's some emo band that you've yeah. never heard of, and you're well, like, the is last it still time, going? Yeah, the last time it was like some kind of... Uh, uh, cl- like kind of cl- SoundCloud rapper or something like that. Oh, something really? Like, like a little whatever. One of those lads. Oh, Lil, Lil Zan or something. Like <laughs> yeah. That. yeah, it was one of them. Um, so that was a surprise for me. So it moved Aww. on. So it was more like uh, teardrops and uh, or tattoo teardrops and stuff like that. Oh know, god, maybe fake ones. But actually, we were talking about the Lizzo album. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, Lizzo. Yeah, I went back and listened to the Lizzo album again this week. Uh, I think it stands up more than I originally thought. Mm. I can't actually remember what we said on the podcast about it. I think we generally enjoyed it, but I found it was a bit patchy here and there. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Uh, I found a lot of it, there's only a couple of songs on it which aren't great. Um, it's a really solid album overall. But I think I'm, I'm genuinely just more surprised by the general reaction to her and how she um, and her, how many people love the album. Mm. Like, I wasn't expecting, I'm, I'm delighted for her. Because she yeah. like, we wrote about Lizzo in 2013 first. Like, mm. not first, but like, we weren't the first people to write about her. But we wrote about a song that she uh made called Batches and Cookies back then. So this isn't an overnight success. No, it's a long time coming. And it's it's so good to see an artist like her who's just grafted for so many years and finally found her sound. Like I I do like the album. I'm still not I'm still not satisfied with how much of actual Lizzo I get in it. And that was my problem at at the time as well when it came out when we reviewed it. I think I remember my main issue with it was that I didn't learn a whole lot about Lizzo the person, but I learned a lot about her message, which is obviously overwhelmingly a positive one. And it's laid over some absolute bops, which I think is fine. It's absolutely grand. Um, And it's the type of thing that, you know, look, seeing seeing Lizzo live with your mates in the Olympia would be an incredible experience. Like it's, it's one of those albums that will absolutely work in a live setting and has done, you know, we've seen, I, I've seen footage of her, you know, gigging around the place at festivals and stuff. Yeah, and she, yeah, yeah, she's brilliant. And it, I think it does make complete sense where we are now in terms of just an overwhelming sort of adoption, a widespread adoption of positivity in everything, not just body positivity. And I think that just makes sense in where we are now. So, yeah, I think I, it's not, even at, at the halfway point, I don't think it's in, say, my top five. But I think it's an album that will define the sound of this year. Um, if you were to do a reel in the years, you couldn't do it without Juice, you know. Yeah. Um, There's a really good YouTube video <laughs> about how they made the song and it just really like, which is very obvious when you listen to it, but sometimes you don't hear these things straight away. Mm. Just how the their references was basically... Uh, Sheik and David Bowie, let's dance like that album. Yeah. Um, and you're like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. It's like, it's so clean and so lovely and so bright. and It is. It makes so much sense. And uh, it's a nice video, actually. It's worth watching. Um, it's just her on Skype talking to a journalist oh. about how she did it and why they did it, how they did it. And they talked to the producer as well. Mm. I think that's definitely, obviously, the best song on it. I love Boys as well, but that came out last year. Um, and a few other good songs on it, for sure. But I think a lot of uh, the appeal for Lizzo is her personality. And yeah. Um, that's and I think that's okay and that sells tickets too and for mm-hmm. sure and like you know as we've discussed before she knows how to play a flute oh my god so I watched a um, 
it wasn't BuzzFeed, but it was one of those type of articles where it's like top 10 Lizzo flute moments. And I've discovered that my favorite thing is when she's, when you don't know the flute's coming and then it just out of like, out of nowhere, out of some hidden compartment in her amazing like costuming, just flute, whose who's name is Sasha. Uh, you can follow her Sasha be fluting on Instagram. I highly recommend it. Um, it's brought me a lot of joyous content over the past few months. Uh, yeah, recommend finding that as well and just watching her play the flute because she is amazing. You would imagine that she's going to do a lot of collaborations with people to kind of keep herself, you yeah, know, riding she, up there. Yeah, well, she's done one with Charlie XCX, right? Yeah. Um, on, on, I kept meaning to look, I think Charlie XCX is obviously a collaboration master. Mm. And I think she had some other song coming out. Oh, with Christina Queens. That's what, that's what's happening. There's a song with her this week. Okay. Um, with Christina Queens. But not, with Charlie not, XCX? Yeah. Not, okay. not Lizzo, but uh, yeah, I'm sure Lizzo's going to do more. Like, I'm sure. Yeah. Didn't the album only come out like two months ago? So I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I kind of hope she doesn't. Kind of hope she sticks solo and just, I don't know. Maybe if there's a Lady Marmalade remake, <laughs> she could hop in there. Not the Ed Sheeran one. Um, what Ed Sheeran one? Oh, he, a few, so a few months ago he was like, oh, I'd love to do a male Lady Marmalade. And everyone was like, oh. And then there recently he released a, a song or an album or something that was all collaborations with men and everyone was like yeah what are all men the collaborations yeah. album yeah it was a travis scott song i saw that yeah it kept coming up on my spotify tell me that it was, it i existed. kept being like clicking the thing and it's like i don't like ed sheeran <laughs> it showed up my release radar as well yeah it's pretty annoying. but i think that was because i'm starting of, to think spotify doesn't know me at all yeah <laughs> Um, I have to say, I've actually been using the Discover Weekly uh, very recently, and uh, I've discovered some stuff from it. It, it. it is great. I did not have a good time with it before mm. um, at all. I just, it, I think because I listened to so much music, it was like, didn't know what I wanted. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah. Uh, there's a few, there are a few women on, on the album. I there will say are. That. Uh, Camila Cabello and Cardi B and her and LMI are on it. Yeah, he yeah. has a really problematic song called South of the Border. Oh, I heard that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one with those two. It's very yeah, bad. Yeah. What are yeah. you doing, Ed? I just don't need to know about it. Fine. No, that's fine. I need to know. But I wanted to ask you about uh, a band close to your heart and how you're feeling about it now. Just a check in mm-hmm. uh, with Andrea on her, uh, on the Father of the Bride album from yes. Vampire Weekend. Now you've seen them live in the last few weeks and uh, you've had time, more time to digest the double album. Is it working for you? I love that album now more than ever. I have with every single listen I've grown to like it more and songs that I didn't like initially that I would have taken off the playlist when I was like rejigging the album I've actually put back on I just and it's not even that I needed the live show to to kind of get me back into those songs it just it keeps working and it's working my way up my list of albums so far like it is and it's it's just a band who are like I think especially when when I saw them live, it's just so great to see a band, you know, at their fourth album and they're, they're making some of the best music of their career. They're growing, they're taking risks, they're releasing a double album in 2019. Who is doing that? You know, and it's still... Drake hasn't hasn't released an album yet this year, so hold not on. Not yet. Hold on. Um, so, yeah, this time last year he did though. Yes, God, you remember? Yep. We had to have a whole show about Drake <laughs> last year. That was awful. Um, yes, the unavoidable Drake episode, it was yeah. called. Yeah, we had to talk about Scorpion. But I, I've i listened to 
I'd say on, on average, I, I've listened to a song from Father of the Bride every day since it's come out. And I, I imagine it's going to top my most played at the end of the year. I just love it. Oh, have you heard the um, the live, I think it was a Spotify session that they did. And they did a kind of acoustic cover of This Life, not cover, acoustic version of This Life. Have you no, heard that? I heard that no. It is absolutely stunning like go and listen to it at your earliest convenience it is absolutely gorgeous and just it it takes pretty much all the Paul Simon out of the song and and you're left with still a really excellent song um and that's been I I don't know if that that would count as a song of the year because it's a it's a live song but um absolutely gorgeous really really nice Hmm. a few of my favorite songs of all time are live versions yeah only 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 Two, two versions, two songs I can think of. Mm. There's a live version of the Nice Heartbeats that they did for a BBC session. I know that version, yeah, and it's really stunning. Slow. Yeah, it's lovely. And then um, one that I play while I'm DJing a lot because it's not recorded any other way. Uh, George Michael does um, "Killer" by Adamski, and uh, what does he mix it in with? Um, oh, do the song. Uh, Papa was a Rolling Stone. Oh, wow. Um, there's a really lovely live version of that and it sounds great and I always play it out live or play it DJing. So I'm like, this is a great song. Fuck it. Uh, that's, there's, there's also definitely a, a whole episode in this, but um, like Peter Frampton's Do You Feel Like We Do? Uh, like, it's just one of the greatest songs of all time and you have to listen to the like eight and a half minute live version otherwise it doesn't count, you know? <laughs> but um but yeah, definitely go and listen to that. And if you haven't listened to Father of the Bride yet, do it. So I, you're not missing Rostam at all? No, no, I'm not. Like I, I, I you like say I, they're I, taking chances. I, they're taking chances in terms of switching different styles up and stuff like that. Then uh, are they, I mean, it's, it's not something that's even fair to ask of Vampire Weekend. Are they pushing sonic boundaries really? Well, I mean, I when, when I say they're taking chances, I sort of mean that they're not, they're not pandering to their fans. They're trusting that their fans are going to give this work a chance, even down to, you know, having like the, the design of their, of their merch and their, their record label. Like they, it, it's, it says Vampire Weekend, F- Father of the Bride on the cover of like the LP on the cover art. And then it has Sony at the bottom. And the reason why Sony's there, like the, the label didn't want, like ask them to do that or anything. Ezra Koenig just really liked it, it the old Sony label or the old Sony logo um, really reminded him of his childhood. And he was like, yeah, I want to have it on there. So he did that. Okay. And just, just little things like that, where he's. Are you saying it's on the t-shirts as well? I'm not sure. I don't know. Like I love the merch though. Yeah. It's mad. It's, it's, yeah. It, uh, like, I, I just think they're, they're taking risks in terms of like, like the double album thing is a risk for sure. People's attention spans are very, very short these days. Um, well, I think the way that album is um, sequenced, it can, you can kind of just leave it on. And if you're the kind of person who really, We'll dig back into it, then you will discover a bit more from it. I think so. Like, I think when we reviewed it, I didn't speak enough about Jerusalem, New York, Berlin, uh, the last song on the album, which I've just been obsessed with. Um, And they did a a beautiful uh, rendition of it when they played here live. And they have a gorgeous version of it on, I think it's SNL, um, that just sort of 
woke me up to what a what a really really stunning and completely original style of song that is mm-hmm. like we talk about vampire weekend as being a band or ezra koenig as being a songwriter who picks and chooses styles and plays with them but i i don't really know much that sounds like Jer- jerusalem new york mm-hmm. berlin you know well let's take a bit of it this is uh from vampire weekend this is jerusalem new york Feels like such a dream an endless conversation since 1917 Now the battery's too hot It's burning up in its tray Young marriages are melting And dying where they lay A wicked world Just think what could have been Jerusalem Right, moving on from Vampire Weekend, uh, a couple of other albums that uh, we haven't, dis- well, we have discussed this year so far, but I wanted to check in how you feel about them. Uh, first one is Solange's When I Get Home. Have you gone back to that much at all? Haven't gone back to it once. Not once? Not once. I've actually been playing it a lot. Have you? Yeah, a lot. I love it. I think okay. it's fantastic. It's a very different album than, uh, it feels like a mixtape. It feels mm. like a mixtape. It doesn't feel as... It feels like something that was not designed to be um, kind of discussed deeply or like in the same way as, as her last album, A Seat at the Table, was. It feels like something that is a mood and a sonic thing and uh, inspired by, you know, screw and uh, chop and screwed music and like mm. screw, screw music and hip hop from Houston and stuff like that. And uh, I did mean to, I wanted to go back and, and watch the video that she did. I loved I the video. I really, really yet. loved it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and I, I, like at the time, I think I, I don't know if I haven't gone back to it. I don't mean that as a slight. I don't know whether it's just because there's been more that I've needed to return to. But I mean, how many times do I need to listen to Vampire Weekend? You know, I probably could have found the time. You can do it if you want. <laughs> but, um, but I did, at, at the time, I found When I Get Home really effective in just evoking all, all sorts of things um, and being a bit confusing in its narrative. And I liked that about it, but I don't think that that invites a lot of replay. And I think for that reason, it won't be, it's not the sound of 2019, you know, it's something that kind of sits underneath the zeitgeist in a more of an art piece yeah. kind of realm. It's a, it, I would say it's more of a background album, yeah. for sure. And that's kind of the context I've played it in more. But I it's it's I put it on that context, but it's one that's always captured my attention when it's been on. Mm. Um, I just love the style of it. I love the hypnotic style of it. I love just sticking it on and leaving it on. And in terms of being an album, I love that part of it. I love just like, I wouldn't... I pick out two tracks like Stay Flow or Almeida from it but i would stay flow is fantastic yeah but i would put on the whole thing mm. generally and i it was it's one of my most played albums this year really not unlike james blake assume form which i also love but i only listened to for the first time since we probably reviewed it um right this week and i found it is absolutely fantastic <laughs> still 
But for something, for some reason, I never wanted to go back to it. I never was like, I really want to listen to that James Blake album, Assume Form. I just never want. I was like, is it because the mood is like, I like all the songs mm. and I enjoy listening to it. And I think it's, it's one of his best albums easily. Not even like, would you go back and listen to the Rosalia one? Or just uh, yes. kind of put, put on a playlist and it lives No, I, I have, I actually have that on, on vinyl. So I have put it on mm. at home, especially. Um, yeah, I have put that on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think like, yeah, maybe it's the style of music it is. It's like James Blake. I don't want to say sad boy because he's trying to get away from that. But, and he's not a sad boy in this. Well, now he's kind of sad boy, but he's in love. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's certainly parts of it that are like, uh, Oh, whatever we're doing, let's just do it together kind of thing. Yeah. And it's cute, but it's also a bit like, ugh, I don't want to listen to this now. Yeah, I I really liked it when it came out and I've gone back to it a couple of times. I still think the, what I think is fair to say is the outlier on the album, which is Where's the Catch, the the track with Andre 3000 on it. That's, that's a song I've revisited a lot and it's still as effective now as the first time. Well, maybe not the first time I heard it because I nearly had a heart attack, but <laughs> when Andre 3000 dropped in. Um, but that's that's fantastic. And I, I really, really loved Are, Are You In Love as well. Um, I've gone back a, a couple of times and it's not as, it's not as mopey as I think oh, certainly, we might certainly think not, it is. Certainly not. You know, because with, uh, with James Blake's kind of, previous work you definitely have to kind of find yourself in a space where you're in the mood to listen to it it's it's an autumnal kind of sound whereas this is i think definitely that little bit more accessible yeah and there's there's a lot of different things on it uh there's there's obviously the the one the one kind of strand or theme running throughout it which is that he's in love and here are all the many different ways that we can view a relationship um and i find that really really interesting i, I think he, he did interesting stuff with it um and I, I i think it stands up you know six six months into the year I, I can't remember when this came out that was january I think. was it january yeah yeah. yeah yeah so i mean I'm, I'm still going back to it now i'm still enjoying it um and if if it's passed anyone by i i don't think it's too late to go and actually get into it because it's it's not like a it's not a difficult listen do you know yeah. I mean, obviously, I love the Rosalia track, so let's not talk about that. But yeah. um, I was listening to Mile High yesterday, and I was struck by the uh, production on it, mm. and in terms of like his ability to be able to turn his hand to something very rhythmic and and melodic as well at the same time, and very hip hop style, mm. and that's something that he, you know, he has learned over the years, and he's so good at it now. It's not even like something that people mention that much. But you like, kind of take just, it for granted. A yeah, bit. the attention yeah. to detail and his ability to do that. So mm. let's just take a bit from uh, one of those songs, uh, that song in particular. Uh, this is "Mile High" from James Blake, featuring Travis Scott and Metro Boomin. Yeah. 
So that was James Blake from Assume Form. That was Mile High. Um, Andrea, has it been a good year for albums this year so far? For yes. the half year, obviously, caveat for all this is that we're nowhere near through this uh, year, and uh, there's still lots to come, which we'll discuss shortly. I think I think it's been a good year so far. Yeah. Um, I think the the sheer amount of you know seven to nine out of tens that there's been um, has been pretty staggering. You know, like there's there's been albums that have become some of my favorites like all-time favorites this year and what else has been your one of your all-time favorites um yeah so I guess I can like because I don't think I have anything there in my list that I would be sure of in that regard oh I I definitely know that Julia Jacqueline's album is up there as as an all-timer for me that's um and that was early in the year as well I think that was was January February February, yeah. yeah that was that was quite early so that's that's definitely up there as an all-timer and it's one that I've returned to a lot like and I presume Tom York is another one Tom yeah we only spoke about Tom York last week yeah for for definitely di- different reasons I I, I, I found that a, one of the most kind of introspective experiences that I've had in a while with music um and I I can be quite dramatic when I'm describing music that I like but that was that was definitely like a a nearly transcending experience going through that and trying to figure out how I feel about it um what else has there been that I've loved um I loved Big Thief's album UFOF um yeah I've gone back to that a fair bit now. yeah and another one that I've that I really have to spend a lot of time with uh, to get my head around. Uh, one that we didn't cover, I don't think, we might have done the song, uh, the Sharon Von Etten, uh, Remind yeah, Me Tomorrow. Yeah, I, I was going to mention that because I've started listening to it properly mm. recently. What do you make of it? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Um, I, it just, I, when I first heard it, I was like, I'm not in the mood for this or... Mm. I didn't want to listen to it, you know, you know, you just have these, like, I'm just not in the mood for this for, yeah. whatever, for whatever reason. Maybe sometimes when I don't generally get like that because of the nature of the work that I do, mm. you know, it, like where people are like, oh, you should listen to this. And then I would like recoil from it. But I felt a little bit like that with her, uh, that album, maybe because it was just so uh, all consuming around me. <laughs> it was like, everyone was uh, like, I oh think, my God, I think as well, so Sometimes albums kind of have to find you at the right time though as well. Like that's yeah. why it's, I'd, I'd always get annoyed at the attitude that sometimes people have where it's like, oh, well, I, I liked them since their first album or something. It's like, no, you you have to be at in the right headspace for something and you have to be in the right place to yeah. appreciate an album. And if that's like three or four months or 10 years after it comes out, that's absolutely fine, you know. It is indeed, yes. Um, uh, I think as well that um, Wise Blood, Ways Blood, I don't know Wise how to, Ways yeah. Blood, um, that's... That's definitely an all-timer. I absolutely love, love that record. I can't get into that at all. Just try. It's It doesn't It doesn't uh, pierce my heart. It doesn't grab you. It, uh, it gets in there, but it doesn't pierce my heart at all. It doesn't, I can recognize doesn't that stab. I, yeah, I'm like, I, I know this is good, but I'm just not feeling You're it. You're not connecting much. with it. That's no, fine. not really. Maybe in three months. Maybe. <laughs> but that's the same thing with, the, with Charm Valentin. I think especially in the... The way that, you know, there's so many albums out there, there's so many things to be consumed and listened to and uh, never mind, uh, like, just music, but everything else. But you kind of, yeah, you're like, it's on a playlist, I'll go back to it, I will listen to it mm. later. If it doesn't grab me again, that's fine. That's fine, yeah. 
Um, speaking of uh, Irish albums this year, uh, Hosier was this year, wasn't it? I know that feels yeah, like a million. I haven't, years I haven't gone ago. back and listened to that at all. Um, I I did um, just out of curiosity to see would it sit any differently with me, and it was sort of the same. I just couldn't find a whole lot to connect to within it. It was all perfectly realized, absolutely fine. Not a whole lot I can point to and be like, that's why I don't like it. It just, it happened, it happened and then it was gone. You know, mm. it was just one of those things. Yeah, I certainly felt like it didn't really resonate much. With yeah, me I, I still think Nina Cry Power is a fantastic song. It is, yeah. He seems, it seems a bit quieter for him at the moment, as maybe. Back to the forest. <laughs> is he touring? I, yeah, he is. Yes, okay. yes, yes. But he just like. I don't know. Maybe the disc. Or maybe I'm not paying attention well, to the discourse it's, locally. It's here, on but, the radio all the time. Oh yeah, see, I don't listen like, to the radio anymore because yeah. I just can't. Yeah, um, I have housemates now that listen to the radio, and it's just hosier and picture this all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course, picture this had an album. Oh my right. god, yeah. yeah. Oh, we we'll get to that when we talk about our favorite albums, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the other main album that we discussed here was the Fontaines DC. Do you feel any different about that now? It's hard to say. Um, I've been this. I listen to it a bit. Uh, I do like it. I like. I do enjoy it. I, I see why there's a lot of criticism around the band and a lot of people who, um, maybe would say feel that they're inauthentic based on where they're from, what they how they grew up, what music they made before. Mm. There's a lot of discussions I've had with people about that. About mm. you know they weren't they aren't like slack wearing uh kids from the liberties really yeah like i'm not i'm i'm much less interested in that and i'm more interested in kind of the what 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 the final product of their music making is um, yeah i think i just it's just an album and I at put the on end of like, it i'm like this is fun it's fun yeah I like this. at it's the fun. end of it like i i still i think when we reviewed it i said that there was two or three songs on it that i really really like and the rest of it i couldn't again it comes back to that thing where I couldn't find my way into the album. I fe- I found it a bit, um, a bit closed off to me, or a little bit alienating. Um, and that's not like it's not necessarily a fault of the band. I wonder if it is a fault of the discourse. Um, yeah, and certainly being so close to all that is like. It's hard, it's hard to just listen to something without thinking of all that stuff. Without the context, it's like, you I just, know. maybe you just want to enjoy it and like yeah. and that's something. Like sometimes it's nice to be blissfully ignorant about what's happening yeah. around the band or where they come from because like you just like don't really want to know all about it sometimes. Yeah, and I mean to 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 bring up a a, a band that they are often compared to, um, which is girl band who are going to have an album out um this year. It, I I fear that it's going to be the same thing for me with that that um I'm just gonna have to. Switch off, block the out the discourse yeah. because there's going to be a lot like and you say that, but I'm not sure if it's going to be the same level of like uh, accusatory, um, uh, critical analysis. About that no, band. no, but I think it'll happen in a different way. There'll be there'll be the the gushing, and then there'll be the inevitable backlash, and it's it's nearly just kind of formulaic in 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 Ireland at the moment when, when there's success had, whether you like it or not, you know, whether you're into the music or not, the, the, the discourse that follows tends to be a little bit formulaic. Um, but that's, you know, I, I need to 
remove that from um, yeah. from my criticism of the album. But well, I will say in an Irish context, there has been a few albums that have been released this year from uh, existing uh, artists who had uh, who aren't on their debuts, um, mm. who have put out really good records. Yeah. Um, Talos is one. Um, All Twins had a really good second album. That was good. I, I was surprised that I liked that as much as I did because I yeah. wasn't I wasn't really grabbed by their by any of their stuff beforehand. Sure, I was I a big just fan sort of, of. I really like that kind of like fun stadium, well produced, uh, yeah, rock stuff. I yeah, like it never, lot. you know, it it never bothered me or anything. But it was they they were definitely a band that existed a little bit far away from me. And then um, the lads came in and we 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 chatted to them, and I was kind of listening to the album around that, and I was yeah, I was really taken in by it actually, and I was surprised by how much I I enjoyed where they were going with it because obviously mm. they've let left their major label yeah and kind of have this bit more a bit more like freedom to kind of play around and I really felt like their their songwriting took that little bit of a step up that it needed to do um and I, yeah I think it's a solid Irish album this year yeah another album from the gloaming this year we loved their that. third album uh, it was maybe a, a little more uh, less um, well, less less conventional maybe isn't the right word because um, less what you expect from the gloaming because mm. it had it was basically Earl Lennard's album as far as we can tell. Yeah, the yeah. way it was set up and the way it was made and it was uh, more of a concept piece. I think. Yeah, it was so yeah. a different kind of vibe, but still um, a really good album. I think um, there was also pretty decent albums uh, from the likes of. Uh, Ryan Vale and Elma Orchestra, the Borders album. Have you heard that? No. Uh, really good that. electronic um, kind of cla- neoclassical album. Really nice. Uh, Connor Walsh's debut album uh, was was released posthumously, um, which is really well worth a listen. Yeah. And I hope that it does feature in the end of the year list um, this year because it would be a shame to be forgotten about. He was a fantastic uh, musician and composer, and the album shows you how he was exactly that mm. um, also I haven't really gone back to the Jafaris album much uh, but I must do that it um, is really good uh, yeah and the Maria Somerville album as well as another which I'm not quite in the mood for right now but I have been listening to over sure. the last few months um, so really nice to hear her that was her debut album but um, she had been around for a long time before that I guess for me the main discovery in terms of Irish music this year has been the For Those I Love album, which I have mentioned a bit, who we will be chatting to um, in a full podcast very soon. So I won't say too much about it, but mm. For Those I Love wrote a piece about it on the site. Do have a listen. It is heavy going. Mm. It is about family and friends and friendship and, and grief and love and loss. Mm. And uh, it is, I think it's a beautiful album and I think there's a lot to be said for it. And I think, I hope a lot more people are going to listen to that in the next six months for sure. Mm. I hope they do. I, I put out a, a tweet asking people for their their underrated albums this year and there was, you know, a good bit of response for, for that one. So I, yeah. I, I went and I listened to it and I just felt like one listen didn't even scratch the surface. There's just so much to get into with it. And it, yeah, it is kind of, heartbreaking and really emotive and emotional it's 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 absolutely gorgeous and again you know out of nowhere um which is just so lovely to just have this little just this little spark in in the industry where you're not already overly familiar yeah it's just something brand new yeah it's great uh, yeah. i loved um that album from the dundalk band larry 
And I just... Which I, was called Larry. Which was called Larry. <laughs> and I just didn't see a whole lot written about it um, at the time or since. And I wouldn't like it to go unnoticed. Um, it is a really, really, really good listen. It's just, it's really fun. It's great. It's a really, really great album. I think, um, I think there's a lot of those kind of releases, like independent Irish releases that can get really easily lost. Yeah, yeah, I definitely don't want this one to be lost. Are the band, are they doing any touring or anything like that? Any, any gigs? Maybe they need to do no, a bit that, more of that. I, I'm, I, I'm not sure, to be honest, but the last information I saw about a gig when I was kind of reading about them again the other day when I was listening back was like a gig they did in April. So right. I, I, I don't know what their, what their plans are. it's so easy are. to be, to drop off the radar mm. if you're not doing gigs. Um even almost, I almost bought an Irish album I uh, quite enjoyed this year from a Waterford band called Chrome Yellow. Okay. Um, and I almost forgot it existed because I just haven't seen them around. Yeah. Or, you know, you, you can almost easily forget that they existed. There's also a lot of albums that I have to listen to more and there's some that didn't quite move me. Um, I'm thinking about, uh, I need to listen more to Rosie Kearney. I haven't really listened to the Ye Vagabonds album, but I do find they're probably, I would enjoy them more live. Same with Junior Brother. I I mm. like his music live. I don't really enjoy the album that much. I really like that album. Do you? Yeah. I think it's just, uh, yeah, I just, I, I, I enjoyed it live, but I, I don't want to listen to the album when I put it on. Really, yeah. I find that. It's it's one that I, I, re- I, I do really, really like the album. Definitely have to be in the mood for it. Um, but... Once I'm there, I'm kind of just swept away by it. And I would love to see a lot of those songs live, definitely. Yeah. Feels like it would work really well. It does, yeah. It does yeah. work live, for sure. And I think that's probably where you should be, um, mm. attracting people to your live show in these days. You're not going to make any money off your album anyway, you know. Um, other albums I need to give more listens to is the likes of When Young. I don't think I've only, I think I've only heard that once properly. Mm. Uh, Two Door Cinema Club have an album. I'm not even sure what it's like. I've no idea. Didn't listen to um, it. And then there's I've never of, been their biggest. I'm just curious. Fan. I'm just curious. I think they've gone in a even further like popular direction. I'm not sure where that mm. is taking them yet. And then there's a few other albums like uh, Fine Club and Gypsies on the Autobahn, which wouldn't probably be for me. And I'm pretty sure I have I have given them a spin on it. They're just not for me. Okay. Um, but we do have some stuff to look forward to for the rest of the year in terms of Irish releases. We mentioned Girl Band already coming out in September. Also in September is the Dermot Kennedy album, which would be interesting to see how that shakes out. That's going to be like. huge. Yeah, I think. it is. That's going to be massive. It is, um, for sure. And uh, Also, the debut album. Uh, from uh, Hotly Tipped Murder Capital uh, I actually really like their new song um, and I think it's their best one so far um, but it is weird to have an album from a band who only have three songs out mm. so I think I'm going to reserve judgement on the Murder Capital uh, until their album until I hear the album and see how I feel about it because it's really hard to just say oh look you know, can't really judge a band based on I've seen them once twice live mm. and three or four songs Um so I'm interested to see what that's like. I will like. also reserve <laughs> opinion and judgment until the album comes out. You look very happy about that. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> uh, there's also, uh, there'll be a mixtape from Kojak and Luca Palm coming up in August. Looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lethal Dialect apparently might have a new album out again. Uh, Maya Sophia as well. Um, Sorka Richardson has an album this year at some point. Uh, don't David Keenan as well. Mm. Fionn Regan has a new song out. Yeah, in the last week. Delighted so he has to an see Fionn Regan back. Um, it hasn't been that long since his last one. No, it hasn't really. Because there was a big. If I, 
if I'm correct in remembering, between the last one and the one before, there was a good few years between those two. So yeah. when you released the one last year, it was last year, wasn't it? It was last year. Um, yeah. Um, I was like, oh, well, that's it. We're not going to see him again for another six years or something. Um, I'm a massive, massive fan of his. I, I think he's brilliant. Yeah. I think I, he's one of the best songwriters in the country. His album's out in August. It's called Kala. Mm. Um, so you're, you're getting it pretty soon. Yeah, I'm um, mad excited for that. Really, really excited. And I think he's been doing stuff with the People Project, like the Bon Iver. Mm. And uh, I think apparently there's an album that he's involved with, maybe that he might have done with somebody i know you know he's not bonnie very obviously sampled him recently yeah uh, in recent years so that would give him a bit of a boost so he's been working a bit with those kind of people uh there may be an album from uh, Lancome. uh we i know we have a couple from uh squarehead and alarmist a couple of tracks that we featured on the site that i really like and i think the pillow queens album is going to come to 2020 i think okay. um another album, irish album we didn't mention and this is why i didn't mention it yet because i haven't there's so many releases in so little time. So Have you not listened to this? Grimtown. I haven't really listened to it properly. Ah, oh, Niall. I like. I listened to it brilliant. twice. Brilliant. I have listened to it twice. I'd say it is. So it's on my it's on my playlist of albums that I'm currently listening to. Ah, oh, it's it is really really up there. Yeah, Luke's like, a big fan here for sure, yeah. and uh, I I know it's a good album, but it's, I just yeah, it's fantastic. It's just like. She does so much within that space. Like it, it, she really does create a world within it, and it's it's an it's a new, more matured sound from her musically, and even just yeah, like I said, cre- creating that world and playing around within it. She she really does so much. It is fantastic. It's a great walking around town kind of album i think it's definitely a on on the move kind of looking around you get a little bit like watching people walking by and stuff yeah it's great <laughs> i think i just need to give it a proper listen like uh in the next week properly i i think you'll love it again if, if you because i have heard it i have heard it. it i'm just like i for some reason it's like i don't know i just need to hear it again sure <laughs> you know mm-hmm. just can't it's a pro- processing i just have the album has to it, find yeah. you exactly at the right time yeah, exactly. maybe you just haven't been walking around town much yeah you know? I have found myself listening to some tracks from albums uh, that I've generally found quite disappointing, though, all the same. Mm. Um, one album that I'm not pleased with and how it shook out was Anderson Pack's Ventura saw live earlier this year in the Olympia. I was really looking forward to the album and it turned out to be very disappointing. Um, but I cannot stop listening to the song Jet Black featuring Brandy. Oh, it is song. a banger. And also... I've I've ended up DJing a lot and playing that live, and it's one. It's become I'd say three years ago, four years ago when we started Lumo, it was like um, the Anderson Pack song from Malibu. Um, what do you call it with Schoolboy Q? That song. Am I wrong? Mm. That was like I played it every month at the club. Every month I was like, oh, it's so well produced. It sounds so warm and lovely. And I get the same kind of feeling from that song. That's and good. It's like an, and it's a real summery song. Yeah. So if I was to pick a song of the summer. It's actually that at the moment. It's that Jet Black by Anderson Pack. Yeah. So that is my current song. I, of the I summer. think that's actually such a shout for Song of the Summer. Yeah. yeah it yeah. sounds really good when, on a good sound system. Mm. Played it last weekend actually at Spacer at on Lost Lane. Uh, actually, <laughs> did have a guy come up right. So we obviously didn't do a podcast last week because I was away on holidays in Kerry, um, which was great. Um, but I, usually people come up and they ask for requests, and this guy was like, so. He, he called me over and I went over to him and Dave's like, 
why didn't you do the podcast this week <laughs> no way oh like, sorry man I was like i was expecting a request <laughs> <laughs> just play the podcast <laughs> yeah i'll do like, that everyone that'll, that'll, be the warm-up. that'll be the warm-up next week uh, did you have a disappointing album this year yeah um flying lotus man no? just i i went back to it a couple of days ago and i was like no 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 a couple of songs on it that i'll take off but so disappointing um, I kind of enjoy it. I'm. I don't. I don't think I finally. I don't think I've sh- uh, settled on a final verdict on that or mm. a current verdict. I'm like. I'm just. But I'll put it on. And I'm. Yeah. I, I don't even know how I feel about it. Really, based on his previous work. Because um, see, that's the thing. We reviewed it, and then I think literally as soon as we left from recording, I went back and listened to like some of his older stuff, and I was like, Do you know what? This doesn't. It. It really doesn't hold up for me. Um, sure. And yeah, very, very disappointing. Um, Another album I was genuinely quite disappointed with was Skepta's album, Ignorance is Bliss. But I've also found the same thing with a few tracks on that. I'm just like, God, they're actually complete bangers and I have to hear them. Mm. And there's a song called, uh, called No Sleep on it. And I just keep going back to that beat. I'm just like loving it, even though I have a problem with some of the lyrics on the album. But I don't think the, the lyrics on the, I don't think Skepta's that great of a lyricist anyway. Yeah. Um, but I just like that track so much. It's the beat. It's the beat. It's got that, like, some of that 8 bit stuff that uh, he came up with that I love. Um, and while a lot of the album isn't that great, there's definitely two or three tunes on that that I'm like, yeah, gonna keep them. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be listening to them at the end of the year for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've only good. had one track from Mac DeMarco that I'd keep. It's Choo Choo, um, isn't it? No. <laughs> he, he played it live on Sunday in Did the he? Gardens. Yeah. Was it gas? I enjoyed it. Yeah. Enjoyed it a lot. Uh, no, I still think Nobody is a is a really, really brilliant song. That really stood out, actually. It, yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah, he obviously played, he played it. He played a lot yeah. the new album. Yeah. yeah. It was like the most chilled gig I've ever been to um, because it was Sunday in the Ivy Gardens, the sun was shining. It was just like... Everything about this is well, right. Well, everyone was stoned, Niall, I hate well, to tell all, you. Yeah. <laughs> everything about this was right. is right, other than the fact that it's just so funny to me that everyone, like, Mac DeMarco is a, like, he's like a, a young person's yacht rock hero. He's like, he's totally. like a Steely Dan or something, mm. but he's just like, he's way too young for that. I know. <laughs> and I know. Until he rocks out to... Uh, with Metallica at the end of the gig and you're like oh yeah I know he's a messer and all that stuff as well but like but he, on the he, surface his music is just so lovely and delicate you're like so gassed at somebody and he's a much better musician than you think he is oh he is yeah do you yeah, know yeah. like as I remember when when he was first sort of on the scene and I used to watch these videos of him playing in these tiny clubs and yeah he definitely has that sound where it's like really slack and he's maybe maybe on on those early albums he's not really doing a whole lot musically he's not playing like six solos or anything it's all very kind of simple chord progressions and stuff but like lately I've seen I, I I didn't go to see him on on Sunday um because I still don't know how I feel about all the problematic stuff listen to the problematic faves uh, episode for that but Enough, um yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah when I see videos of him playing now he seems to have grown a lot in his kind of live set and a bit less of a messer a bit more of a musician which i think is really good i think well, the only thing that struck me about its gig as well is like when you have a reputation for being a bit of a messer it's probably it could be a bit of a weight on your shoulders you're like oh like literally you know you can see people kind of trying to goad him a yeah. little bit from the audience like somebody offered him a joint and he was like you know his response was funny but like i'm not sure it, it he was kind of shouting a little bit and I wasn't sure if he was just playing a character or like mm. playing up to it a bit. And he was like, 
I don't do that shit, cowboy, and all this. Yeah. Like, you know, he was like doing that, but and then well, you don't want to have a situation where like, it's like a Brian Jones Oscar thing, where like every gig that he plays, you expect there to be a fight on stage, or you expect there to yeah. be some kind of ruckus. With him, you know? though, it's just like cheeky chappy mostly. He is, so yeah. it's fine. Yeah, uh, I like. I was just saying, like the last time I saw him was at Primavera, and you know the drummer was naked, and um, he singed his arm hair and butt hair on stage and you're like yeah like it wasn't that level of shenanigans okay. but i don't think you would want that every week also for his own body hair you just for his it. own sanity like <laughs> yeah, God. can't sustain those things especially but they, if he's not even smoking joints to get him through it you know yeah. and it was actually the last uh, gig of their tour as well so okay. they were pretty chill com- considering that as well yeah so, uh, that's good but yeah, yeah but still I've, I've listened to that album a lot actually that's another one i've put on a lot mm. like just in the background here comes the cowboy. Just yeah, I love this album. I wasn't yeah, I wasn't overly, you know, fond of the whole thing. But I do think nobody is is a standout song of the year. Definitely, it's a really really be- beautifully rendered track. On the flip side, Dre, you do have a worst album. I don't have a worst album contender, but you do. So you worst tell album, me what that is. Worst album of the year is Foxygen seeing other people. It is so bad. It is. It's actually cheeky how bad it is. How so? What makes it really bad as opposed to disappointing? So I guess the thing about Foxygen is that they they've always had this kind of problematic relationship within the band themselves, and they've always been kind of a a, a, a dangerous group to you know hang all your hopes on because you don't know when they're going to split up or whatever. Um, but they said about this album, you know, it's. They said it, it wasn't their last album because they were never a band. So immediately you're like, all right, whatever. So it's their last album, Shock Horror. And we could it, never consciously un- constantly uncouple because we never were a couple. Ex- precisely. Exactly that. Like, and it's just the most drawn out, self-satisfied, self-interested breakup album that you could possibly imagine there's not a not an ounce of sincerity on it it's just I, I i found myself really really annoyed by it um yeah just just really mad at it the mu- music on it isn't good like there's no would it be churlish to uh, ask you for 30 seconds to illustrate this would you be able to um, come up with 30 seconds from a song or pinpoint a song yeah d- uh, play maybe to do, do, do What's the first track on it? Work. That was bad. Mona is the second track. Yeah, um, work. There's a, there's a line on work which is um, so I call up Rado and we're cranking him out and we even get paid just to do it. Where he's obviously saying like R- R- Rado's the guitarist who he's had like problems with in the past and they've like you know fallen out all the time or whatever because they're you know impossible people to work with and. He's basically just saying, you know, oh, they're they're calling me up saying, oh, where's the album? And I'm like, oh, okay, fine, I'll record the album. And we get paid for it. And I'm just like, do you know what, man? Like, no one wants your dumb album. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mad now. But yeah, go on, 30 seconds of that. <laughs> okay, so you can we'll stand do this. It. That's it. 30 seconds of this.
thank you, Foxy Jen. I think we'd also like to see other people. So off you go. Um, Bye. That was your worst album of the year so far. Now we're we're an hour in. We're over an hour in. We've been talking for a while. Are we? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, we still haven't even spotlighted our albums yet. Um, we have some albums we were going to briefly discuss, um, mm. just as pointers of uh, personal favorites. Um, I will start very briefly with uh, one personal album. I know I've mentioned him before, so I won't go too much into it. His name is Stephen Wilkinson. His artist name is Bibio. He's on Warp Records, and he releases lovely jams all the time. Uh, Bibio's album Ribbons this year is one that I play an awful lot. It has got pastoral folk music uh, all the way through it. It's got field recordings. It's got a bit of everything. It's got song titles like Ode to a Nuthatch, mm. uh, Beret Girl, that's very Ben Sebastian song title, isn't it? That is a really Ben Sebastian <laughs> song title, actually. Yeah, yeah. Erdididay, Erdidar. Um, Excellent. Patchouli May and uh, Under Alone Ash. You could even hear the birds singing. It's a really nice album. It's quite focused for him. Like he has, he can have a tendency to to uh, grab a little bit from column A, which would be folk. Column B could be uh, B productions like Jay Dilla kind of stample stuff. And then Com C can be a bit more electro, which he's done before. But uh, this one is a bit more focused overall. Really, really lovely album. If you find yourself sitting in the middle of a field this summer or mm. anytime soon, or you're going for a walk in a forest, stick on Bivio's ribbons. I think you'll enjoy here's, it. Here's the most Gwyneth Paltrow thing I've ever said, but it's a nice album. If you do yoga, <laughs> pop it on. It's a, it's a very nice album to just have on in the background if you're doing your stretches. Okay. Would recommend. Oh, so you're doing yoga then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll play 30 seconds from uh, that to illustrate it, this is a really nice track from it called The Art of Living from Bibio's Ribbons. Cherry trees in blue, view from my living room. Remind me of all the times of life, I wish that I had died. Then you me. She set me on a knee. Pushed me on the floor to teach me how to fall, to save me, to view the rest of clothes, feels deeper than most. That was Baby O, and that was one of my personal albums of the year so far, uh, one I really enjoy. Uh, Dre, you have a very different choice. Yeah, so I was I was going to talk a little bit about Julia Jacqueline, but kind of I've I've talked about her a lot this year. We I've both love written that about her. You know, it's it's I'm, it's a whole thing. That's up there for sure in my top five. I think. Yeah, at the moment. yeah. We went to see her in Wheelands of all places, which is just lovely. Um, Wheelands of all places in the in in the week of three they never gigs do in a row. Gigs. I know. <laughs> no, it's just you know such a small, lovely place to see her in. Um, but yeah, I'm going to talk about uh, Beyonce's live album Homecoming because it was just it was such a moment this year for me when when it happened you know like the, you, you obviously you get the film which is its own thing um which i mean again if if anybody hasn't you know dedicated the time to watch it it, it is 
an absolute masterclass in performance and stage production and you know just oh it's incredible it's absolutely incredible. absolutely so like, like we were both blown away by we it, talked you know? about it a few months ago yeah um, and i i find myself um and i'm not one like we were talking earlier about live tracks i do like listen to live tracks but i'm not one to listen to live albums a whole lot but this i have been returning to again and again and again i think especially for the lemonade tracks that I was, you know, starved of on Spotify for so many years, since 2016 when that album came out. You were sweating for it. Sweating. sweating for Lemonade. Absolutely sweating. And obviously Le- Lemonade dropped on Spotify the same week as Homecoming, so there was just a lot. It was it was a big week. Um, and I think on Homecoming, she really, she really does new things with those tracks from Lemonade. Um, and you you hear new things in them. I think it's like the, the "Don't Hurt Yourself" is just so powerful. Like you can you can hear it in her voice. Like she still has that snarl in her. And I th- I think that's that's the direction that I love Beyonce going in. And that was the most disappointing thing about that Carter's album was that it was just dead eyed Beyonce just standing beside her husband or whatever. Um. But homecoming, like as as its own independent thing, even just to listen to, it's so rhythmic. It's so you you can hear how large the production is, even if you don't have a visual kind yeah. of reference for it. And yeah, I definitely just wanted to spotlight that as as like something. You can hear the marching bands. <laughs> like you, like it is such a powerful thing to listen to, especially if you've got some decent headphones. Like it it courses through you. You you can't help but walk in step with it, you know, or run. If if you run, like it's just, you're just going, it's unbelievable. Uh, formation on it as well is something that I'd, um, I'd highlight from it. She does, she does a short, maybe like 20 seconds of a, I think it's an old gospel song called Lift Every Voice and Sing. And just at the end of it, when she's hitting the high note, you just hear the beginnings of formation just start to creep in and the crowd just loses their shit. And it's like I got chills up my spine the first time I heard that. And it's it's not one of those live albums where you're like, oh, man, I don't want to listen to this because I'm sad I wasn't there. It's one of those that it transcends it. It it makes you feel like you're there and that you know she talks about that in in the in the documentary footage that's throughout the film where um there's a moment where they they sort of came to um like like a blocker they they couldn't get the the performance to transcend kind of past the the live setting and onto the screen and it was really important for her, for the people watching at home and the people listening at home to feel like they're there. And she absolutely achieves it. It is so stunningly Well, formated. that sounds like a good bit to, uh, to play. If yeah. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. So, so the, the, the end of the song and then in, into formation. It's lift every beautiful. voice and sing into formation. This is it.
So I rock his rock necklaces My daddy Alabama Mama Louisiana You mix that Negro with that Creole Make the Texas mama I like my baby hair with baby hair afros I like my Negro nose with Jackson by nostrils Earned all his money but they never take the country out me I got hot sauce in my face Thank you, Beyonce, for that moment uh, from Homecoming. Um, up next, we're going to talk about uh, one album each that we didn't cover on mm. the podcast. Uh, Dre, you go first. Uh, what is your selection? Yeah, so I wanted to kind of highlight Aldous Harding, who brought out an album called Designer. And it's it's a strange one to think that I didn't, you know, shoehorn this into the, into the podcast somehow. I mean, I don't even think we covered a single from it, which is strange because this is so perfectly up my street you know um but the album is a really interesting one it's I wasn't overly familiar with her before this and when the barrel came out I was really really taken by it um and then it took me a few weeks to go and actually listen to the whole record and when I did I was sort of struck by just how kind of quietly experimental it is. It, I think it, it, her, her lyrics especially are very, um, very deep. They, they don't always make, you know, the most amount of sense. There's definitely a lot mm. of symbolism and imagery there that you can delve into if you want. And if you don't want to, there's beautiful guitar lines and this kind of really considered and, kind of held back vocal which is very very pretty and it's yeah it's it's a really beautiful record that holds it's it's not it 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 never feels too long it actually feels a little bit short if I'm honest you definitely would go back and just start it over again did you get a chance to listen to it at all? it's actually one of those uh, that I have not listened to at all yeah Um, I've heard one of the songs from it Uh, I I felt the same way with her last one I didn't really give it enough of a chance even though there was two songs Horizon and Imagining My Man I loved Mm. but I just never really got her into it or yeah yeah so it's on my it's currently on my very long playlist at the moment yeah it's called 2019.5. Um, it has 15 hours of music on it. Oh, I've actually listened to most of it by now. So uh, I have included that on this because it turns out I didn't have it on it. So there you go. Yeah. I'll be listening to that. So will we play a bit from it? Yeah, I think um, you can't sum up the album better than The Barrel, which is another one of the, if there was a more alternative reeling in the ears, this this would be played, you know? <laughs> Okay. That'll definitely sum up a certain time of this year. Intrigued. Mm. Um, okay, this is... Uh, At me or to you, if you're interested. <laughs> <laughs> this is The Barrel from Aldous Harding. Mm. 
Thanks, Dre, for that choice from Aldous Harding. Uh, my choice for one we didn't cover is a guy I've been playing a lot, uh, and I guess he's pretty prominent now. Uh, but when I guess when the album was released, wasn't that prominent or was about to be prominent. His name is Slow Thai. Uh, the album is called Nothing Great About Britain. Uh, one that's kind of crept into me, uh, certainly lately. Got uh, really familiar with him about a year ago. Uh, wrote a piece from about the Irish Times uh, or for the Irish Times about him, Tyron Frampton. What his name? He's an English MC. A lot of the album is about. Uh, it's it's a real English MC album. Really English. It's not quite grime. Mm. It's not quite hip hop. It's somewhere in between. It's um, got production on it from Moore Massa on one song that's kind of a punk song. Um, I think did we cover that song? We may have. Yeah, yeah, yeah we may have. This is um, ringing a bell because I haven't gone back and listened to this at yeah. all. Skepta is on the album, but it's like, it's a guess first, but it's all about him. I listened to it again today just to be sure if I was like, do I want to talk about this one? Do I want to select this one based on others? But I was like, yeah, I do. Because I feel like in the context of Brexit, somebody like Slow Thai is really important to be to exist in mm. the discourse in UK popular culture because... Number one, he's really good. Number two, he's uh, a mad bastard, but look, mm. <laughs> uh, he's making music which speaks to that experience of being a disenfranchised youth in Britain. The album is called Nothing Great About Britain. He has a Nothing Great About Britain tattoo. Um, and I just think it's a really uh, good album uh, based on that kind of idea and growing up in uh, as, a, as a youth in 21st century Britain. And... But it's also like a lovely track on it called Gorgeous as well. Um, maybe I will, I won't play that one, but I do recommend you check that out. Uh, this is probably more um, indicative of the style of the album overall. Uh, he's a very kind of nasally whiny MC, but once you get into it, I think you really appreciate it. And mm. I think I've heard, I'm not still not seeing him live yet, um, but I hope to soon. And I know I saw this. Did you see the footage from Glastonbury from their show? Uh, yeah, tie. I saw the the, the, the absolute pit. mosh pit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you weren't at Vampire Weekend, man. You <laughs> not quite, not quite. Um, so this is the track from Slow Tie. It is called Dead Leaves. Clockwork Orange. I ain't in the day of 
this ain't totally France Just back to the stars, upgrade to a quad You say I felt pain, but that made me strong They leaves, cut them off, can't give me a chance This ain't totally France Just back to the stars, upgrade to a quad You say I felt pain, but that made me strong Okay, that was Slow Tie with a song called Deadlies from his album Nothing Great About Britain, one that we hadn't featured here before and I wanted to give a shout out to. Uh, another favourite, which I'm sure you're familiar with, um, that I've been enjoying a lot, especially um, in the last few weeks since it's been released, is Tyler, the Creator's album, Igor. Um, I am enjoying this an awful lot. Uh, I just think he, I love that he's really embracing um like it's so, it's just so mad that like if you think about it, Tyler the Creator from Odd Future is now making this like somewhat beautiful music and yeah. really melodic and really truthful stuff and has come out it seems in his music and I can really get a sense of uh, his personality and a character and it's really well portrayed across this album as well. I loved Flower Boy as well. I was a big yeah. fan of Flower Boy, um, and I think this is a very different kind of album, uh, less like soulful perhaps but uh production wise there's a lot going on here and uh i think he's found a hit on a sound that i just think is works really well for him he's good at the bombastic uh stuff he's good at fast raps and stuff like that and i think igor is an example of t- the next chapter of where he might head and i don't know where that is and that's the exciting thing about um yeah. him actually there's a really good uh podcast which, i don't know if you ever listened to the dissect podcast do you? yeah 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 i find it a bit too um nerdy sometimes i love um, it but the I, la- I love that first season yeah uh, with to pimp a butterfly well the latest one he has one about flower boy and yeah. the latest episode is about igor as well so mm. um i will be checking that out as well so uh, that is uh, Tyler Creator. I'll play 30 seconds from a song uh, and I'll pick a song called Earthquake. with a song from Igor. Now, I think this is our last album in this podcast, mm. uh, Dre, I think. And fittingly, it's one that we both uh, enjoy an awful lot. So would you want to tell us what it is? Yeah, so this is an album that you recommended I listen to a good few times. And I was like, yep, 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 I'll get around to it, I'll get around to it. Uh, it's Miss Universe from Nalufriyanya. Um, and it was one that, Again, I just had to kind of wait until I was ready for it. And when I did listen to it, I found it really affecting and beautiful, also humorous. There's there's a lot in it that I really, really connected to. I found it, yeah, just, just, and am I, I'm 
this is also a debut, right? It is a debut. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, it definitely, God, it doesn't sound like when it, it when you listen to it, it sounds like an artist who has just, I don't know, been born with all of this confidence just out of nowhere and in, in that kind of Billie Eilish fashion, like a very distinct sound, a very confident kind of setup for the album. Uh, I think it flows so beautifully. Um, and the track heavyweight champion of the year, I, I, I don't think it was a, a, a single off it or anything, but that was the track during my first listen to it where I was like, Oh, there's, there's something really, really special here that you can properly dig into something. So kind of gentle yet, you know, strong in that strongly femininely sensitive way that I just found really stunning. You should talk a bit about, um, the, well, the, it's kind of a concept album, right? So it's like, a yeah, how would you even describe it? Way health is like, yeah. A, so it's, it's like a, a concept album around this wellness center that just yeah. kind of no, the second album around the wellness center. We, uh, we had, Oh this year, yeah. We never mentioned them. Better also good Oblivion album, better center. oblivion community center. Uh, also good album. Uh, but yeah, the, the idea around the, the wellness center is you're kind of first introduced to it and it it feels a bit funny and then it all kind of unravels in this kind of, uh, kind of out there strange way that I think you should definitely just listen to and get swept up in, but it's very interesting. And I think that's what I mean by such a confident decision, like to do a quite a strange concept album for your debut is... Yeah, it's kind of unheard of, you know. Um, and I think that, yeah, she's she's an artist that now I'm I'm so excited to see where she goes. Yeah, with, it's with also her very long, really. I mean, seventeen tracks long. I mean, there's a lot of skits there. You said like uh, skits aren't even the right word. They're like interludes. Interludes, almost. yeah, yeah. I don't know how long it is, like time wise, but it does it does kind of fly by. Um, yeah. yeah, it's f- fifty three minutes. Um, and it 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 does fly by because you are kind of swept up in this story. And then in the interim, there's just these kind of really prettily laid out, um, but also like sonically very interesting tracks. I think Um, she's constantly um, exciting your ears and uh, with her like prickly guitar mm, uh, and counterpoints and counter melodies and just like, kind of twists and turns here and there and you're never quite sure where the song is going or where mm. she's going and sometimes it goes in a different direction and sometimes the songs are just surprise you yeah and i find this a really a thoroughly engaging album across the 17 tracks i just like never i'm never not paying attention yeah to something when to this album when it's on mm. and i was almost thinking this might be my favorite album of the year so far yeah uh just in terms of probably like it, it's definitely I think one you of said that at the listened. time yeah I don't know if I feel that way ultimately but I'm I definitely have a lot of uh, love for this album mm. uh, yeah and she's part Irish as well so we can claim ourselves so turns out it's our Irish album of the year didn't know that there you go <laughs> uh, Turkish Irish and uh, somewhere else I can remember Majan maybe um, that's uh, her heritage so there's some Irish in her, apparently, but that's not important. Important thing is uh, the album's really, really, really fucking good. Um, the song "Tears" on it for me is one of my favorites. Mm. Um, I really can't go wrong with it. Heat rises, love that song as well. Yeah, all of it is just uh, she's got this kind of standoffish 
vocal style that is it's quite elusive. Yeah, it's she's definitely not a big voice. No, and that's uh, kind but of she okay. uses it really well, yeah. and it's quite imaginative uh, musically as well. Um, Everything she does feels deliberate and well thought out. Yeah, you know. It is a fantastic album. So I think that's a lovely way to leave it for this week. For yeah. our album check-in for this year. I'm sure there's plenty we didn't talk about. She can't talk about everything because no. why? What's the point? Uh, but no, I really enjoyed that. Uh, that's kind of helped me uh, myself even just think about where I'm at in terms of yeah. I've, music I've, I feel kind of confident now that I can park a lot of this and start listening to new music again <laughs> and not just rely on old favorites so yeah it's definitely yeah. good to oh, have a little check in I, i've been going back and listening to queens of the stone age songs of the deaf uh, i would listen to run the jewels this week um i'm sure i've been listening to older stuff as well mm. but uh, yeah those two just stuck out to me i was like i was like even i had a moment like two days ago i was like I was listening to run the jewels i was like i shouldn't be listening to this i, I should know. be listening to albums of 2019 so far oh. but i i enjoyed that all the same it was ah. great um, we will finish on a track from Nalu Fernanya, but before then, I guess it's time to ask the customary question. Are you reading, watching, or listening to anything this week? Um, so in terms of Stranger Things, I've only watched the first two episodes of the new I series. I watched one. Um, That's all. Really like it so far. I've just, I just haven't had the time um, to sit down and dedicate to it because Stranger Things is one of those things where I'm like, I am so uninterested in reading any criticisms, any takes on it. I'm like, I just want to have my weird alien TV show where they fight the thing with the baseball bat and with the kids and it's all great. And it's certainly not a show I need criticism of. No, I don't care. I'm like, I just want to sit down and watch it. So I've been just trying to find time where I can sit in a room, close the curtains and spook out. Um, so yeah, Stranger Things has kind of been parked. Um, listening. So about a week and a half ago, I realized that I don't know anything about Bruce Springsteen. And I know that I will be into Bruce Springsteen. Like I'm confident in that. That so, surprises me. Yeah. Like, like get, uh, everything that I know of him, I've liked, but I knew that there was a lot more to kind of dive into, especially with those early albums. So I decided to go back to album one and I'm just, I'm listening through everything. So I've two albums down so far and I've been so struck by how this is not the Bruce Springsteen that I knew at all. And there's so much more in this that, you know, it's, it's very kind of like the band kind of Dylan Van Morrison, much more kind of, I don't know, like folky, doing a lot with melody, doing a lot with text, like texture as in like just getting a big band in and playing folk tunes. And I've been just like blown away by how easily I've slipped into it. So I'm just kind of, I'm going album by album at the moment and really enjoying it. It definitely changes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Obviously, lot, we know A lot that. of people we have said that. that. Like I said, I, I put out, I think on my Instagram that, you know, I'm getting into Bruce Springsteen, what's your favorite album? And like everyone that replied said just start from the beginning like yeah, just yeah. it's you, good I don't think I've ever done that with Bruce actually yeah and it's 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 long you know there's a lot of music there but I don't I'm no longer you know intimidated by it I feel like I found my way in and I'm ready and um he'll probably play some gigs I think next year uh so I'm like yep okay gonna 
start saving, I guess, and <laughs> go see him. But yeah, I've been really, really enjoying just getting into an artist that I've just been meaning to get around to. Um, yeah. So that's good. Cool. Lovely. Mm. Um, I have been listening to um, a Korean uh, dance producer, uh, Korean female dance producers are my jam at the moment, it seems. Okay. Park uh, Hai Jin is her name. Um, I've been listening to everything she's released, which is about... There's two EPs and, and two other tracks. Uh, she's playing all together now this year. Um, and I love Yeji, who is Korean-born, New York-based, uh, kind of housey, electronic uh, Korean music as well. Peggy Goose of Korean Extraction as well. Uh, just for some reason, there's those three artists are really making really good cool. Korean house music. And I love what Park Hygiene is doing. It's really like, it's very cool, but it's very, I just... I'm just really enjoying it this week. Awesome. Song with Baltra uh, as well called uh, Head of Time. That's a that's my jam at the moment. Um, I am watching, other than Stranger Things, I have been watching, I only watched the first episode of Big Little Lies, but I was prompted to watch it in the wake of that news about the director. Did you see that story? No. Crazy story about the director of uh, Andre Arnold, um, who was brought in to do the second season and, and essentially... Um, not told she her stuff was going to be uh, shafted in in favor of the style of the first one. There's a crazy story out there about it. Okay, um, and it's very. I don't know anything about Big Little Lies except everyone keeps telling me to watch it. Yeah, it's the big one with Nicole Kidman yeah, and Reese Witherspoon yeah. and all that. Yeah, um, it's a good show actually. Um, but it's just yeah, a very strange story. But it prompted me to want to watch it to see. Okay. Yeah, so Andrea Arnold um, directed the uh, film American Honey. And uh, was then drafted in to do uh, the show, and it's worth reading about why what happened. It's very weird, and uh, I don't know, very bizarre story all about somebody losing, being promised creative control, and then quietly being uh, removed from the, uh, like okay. creative control, the editing of it. Um, and it just doesn't make any sense at all because if you're going to give somebody like that creative control, she's very much like um, handheld, uh, very realist uh, cinematography. And I was like, and it's the not second... what the show is like at all. I mean, it, handheld, yes, but it's not quite a sumptuous, well shot, beautifully and shot. And is the show. second season out now? It's currently on, yeah, yeah. And is everyone just like, what the hell? This is mad different. It's or? not different. See, that's the thing. It's oh. like they basically hired a director to shoot in her own style, told her that she could do her own style and then just like took her footage and just made it into the season one style again somehow. That seems kind of So it's just like, it was just like this weird story. Anyway. There you go. That is something that happened. Um, What have I, what am I missing? Uh, I have a podcast recommendation for something I've been listening to. Oh, I want to say, because it's relevant to our, uh, to our, uh, uh, our listeners is that uh, I've been reading. I started reading uh, Dean Van Wyn's book. Yes, Iron Age: The Art of Ghostface Killer. He has released. Uh, Dean is a, a writer from Dublin, a big hip hop head, and a really good sound lad himself. He um, has released a book about all about Ghostface Killer, basically featuring uh, essays and. Um, thoughts about why Ghostface Killer is one of the best rappers alive mm. and how he got there. And uh, if you are listening to this before um, Thursday at 6pm, mm. there is a launch on Thursday at 6pm, I think, yeah. in Lucky's on Mead Street where uh, Dean will be selling copies and talking a bit uh, or 
I think playing tunes. From. I think the district lads are gonna play tunes. Yeah, some kind so there's a there's a launch party for the, for yeah. the book, and, uh, and like if you can't make it to that, definitely get the book. Like, I don't know. Like, obviously, try not to be biased. Big big fan of Dean generally, but it is a seriously brilliant deep dive into an artist that like I have just been kind of on the fringes of knowing about, and I've just learned so much in it if if you're someone who just likes reading about music in a yeah it's good for that in a really kind of accessible way and just really properly and getting conte- into it like a lot of context as well yeah yeah, yeah you, can, you can go into it not knowing a whole lot about ghost killer and coming out a fan yeah. um really really recommend it fantastic book yeah and dean will be on our podcast very soon as well Look out we'll for be that. having a chat with dean uh about the book and he may even read a bit from it um Yes, uh, I felt like. Oh yes, you. So you had a podcast recommendation. So I have been. I'm. I. I think I'm late to it. But over the past kind of two weeks, I've listened to nearly every single episode of the Creep Dive. Have you listened to it? No. You are going to love this podcast. It is brilliant. It is three Irish girls. Um, women. Sorry, uh, Sophie White, Jen O'Dwyer, and Cassie Lorraine. Um, and they basically. I think the kind of the whole tagline of their show is they go deeper than any normal person has time to. So, you know, those stories you kind of know when you're younger um, or like urban legends you hear about or just a story where you kind of catch like a minute of it on on the news and you're like, what the hell happened there? They'll tell you everything about it. So they have episodes around like what exactly happened when those girls killed their friend because Slenderman told them to or they've like kind of more local Irish urban legends and going into them and seeing what the hell happened there. Like on, on top of it being really, really well researched, it is absolutely hilarious. I have like burst out laughing on the bus, like on, on more than one occasion. And I've just like, I've just gone back through all of them and they remain brilliant the, the whole way through. Cool. Um, can't dive. recommend enough. I'm so happy I discovered it. Like I'm, I'm bursting at the seams about it. Like yes. brilliant. Um, I can recommend a podcast episode that I listened to this week um, on the Aura Exchange, uh, Resident Advisor Exchange. Um, there's a really interesting recording of a conversation that happened in Ibiza with loads of uh, dance music people, which I found quite interesting. Um, it's all about club culture and uh, the idea of club culture and where it's going where it's headed what it's doing right and what it's doing wrong uh, I found that very interesting cool. also on the way in this morning I was listening to a you know the Switched On Pop um, yeah. podcast they yeah. had their uh, episode about K-pop which I found very interesting I haven't finished it yet but that is okay. something I've been enjoying this week as well uh, I think the reason I was listening to a lot of Korean dance music as well is because I was listening to a lot of new music I discovered a lot of new music in the last week which I was thrilled about because I was kind of in a bit of a burnout mode with music for the last few weeks. So it was nice to like really feel like you discovered something new and really excited about it. Mm. Um, but I was listening to new music for our Patreon show. So I recorded that and it's up now available on Patreon. What's the Patreon show, Niall? Uh, so I do a monthly radio show kind of style uh, of new music, like the old TXFM show I used to have, basically an hour and a half or so of new music tracks selected by me with me talking in the middle that um, sounds great where can i listen to it bits. you can listen to that on <laughs> patreon.com forward slash nine or nine thanks that so, sounds great i'm gonna go right there <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so uh you can if you want to support what we're doing and become a member 
you can join from a few quid a month, four or five quid a month, four or five euro, you know, and up. A coffee so, uh, and up. And a coffee. You, know, a price, you, you, you can know, give more. <laughs> you can give more if you want. I know it is a price of a cup of coffee, I think. And that's, and the, our price of a pint is probably more accurate. It's actually less than a pint. Uh, a pint, pint maybe five years ago. Pint, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a pint in uh, two two hours outside Dublin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's Which is the best much. way to put it. Yeah. So that amount really helps us if you uh, are interested in and you like what we're doing. Do do that. We have some, as I said before, I won't say it too much, but we have plans for merch and stuff to come which Woo! is uh, currently we've been working on uh, a lot so yeah that's it um i guess other than that uh, the only thing i also have to say is go down to check out lost lane go and check out spacer in lost lane on friday nights uh and there's a few different djs on the next few weeks sarah jane goff is on this friday and eddie k is on next week and uh, I had Quiva, from who was our last guest on, on the podcast, mm. in DJ with me last Friday. And that was fun. That was fun. So do check that out. Um, yeah. And also there was a bizarre story about Lost Lane that uh, had nothing to do with the venue. But, oh, yeah. Um, that. So I got the story from the security guard about what happened. So if you didn't hear about this, basically... Uh, on the Saturday night, the same week, this is, oh, there's a couple of things we didn't even get a chance to talk about. I know. We didn't do the news part. So like the weird longitude uh, uh, announcement yeah. by uh, the U.S. Embassy warning all U.S. citizens to stay away from longitude. Bizarre story. Um, and then this on Saturday night, which was basically a load of, uh, there seemed to be some gang thing that happened where somebody knew somebody was inside the venue at a gig for, by Naira Marley. And uh, 30 lads tried to attack, run the door, run through the door. Some of them carrying uh, weapons. Um, the security guard was like, the bouncer was like, he did. He said they weren't very good at what they were doing because we were able to push them back. He said Potentially like, stupid question. Yes. Could they not have just queued up and gone in? Yeah. I'd, like, like he, you know. apparently the venue was full and that was one of the, I don't know if that affected their decision making, yeah. but they came with weapons. Uh, like in their hands, brandishing weapons, um, but they were able to be pushed back. When they closed the doors on them outside the venue, um, the one of them started lighting a petrol bomb before somebody called. Somebody said the guards are coming and they legged it. So that's basically what happened uh, outside Lost Lane. Some weird gang thing that had nothing to do with Longitude or nothing to do with the gig itself. So there you go. Lost Lane is safe if you're going down. Come on <laughs> down to Lost Lane. <laughs> yeah. You never know what'll happen. Yeah, yeah. No, know. it's safe. Come, it's it's a good time. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Okay. That, uh, was, a, that was a long outro to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for staying if you it have. It was indeed. We're, yeah, we're, 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 we're clocking in pretty heavily there now, I'd say. But that's, that's this, what we have to do. This one's for the guy who wanted the podcast last week. Yeah. So this is to make up for our uh, absence in the last week. And uh, yeah, we'll be back. We've got loads of plans in the next few weeks um, in terms of who we're chatting to, like Dean and uh, what we're going to do. And I don't know any of them yet. Yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> that's the way Tune we roll. Uh, so this is the 99 podcast. Andrea, if somebody wants to follow you on Twitter, where would they find you? Oh, geez. Uh, they can find me at... Andrea Cleary underscore. You're one of the underscores. I'm an underscore. There's another Andrea Cleary who is in, uh, an actress. Oh, right. Follow her as well. She seems nice. Cool. All right. Good. Do you follow her? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I know a few Noel Burns, so yeah. I, I don't follow them though. Um, yeah. So uh, you get me on uh, at Nile Nine, of course. On, and same as Instagram, is it? You're same as Instagram? Yeah. 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 You figure it out. Andrea figure Cleary, it out. Find me. Find send me there. tunes. 
and uh, you did a review of Tom York. Um, if anyone's oh, interested, did, in. yeah, uh, you can read it on the Thin Air. Uh, who I started writing for this year and who've been very nice to me by publishing my rambling thoughts. But if you want to read my review of Anima, um, it is on the Thin Air now. Very good. Okay, that's it from us this week. We will leave you with Nalufer Yanya and the song is called Heavyweight Champion of the Year. Thank you and good night. Bye.
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.